Hello and welcome to Let the Good Dice Roll. My name is Brendan and I am joined by... Christina! So hey guys, uh, cool little announcements. We're now playing officially according to uh, my statistics thing on Podbean in Canada, Colombia, Italy, Thailand, Sweden, France, and I think that's it. I feel like there is more than that, but it might just be that. But hey, wow that, guys, Yeah, thanks. that's some cool <laughs> shit. Also... Want to take a guess as to, because it breaks it down by the state for me, which, uh, what the second, uh, most popular state that we're in is. Because obviously we know what the first one is. State? Yeah, the second most popular state. Um, well, I assume Virginia's probably the most popular. That is number one with a bullet. Uh, I want to say North Carolina, but that might be wrong. Um, so I'm going to guess California? Nope. Give me a hint. Starts with a C. And it's in the northeast. Colorado? Colorado's in the I don't Midwest. Know. I'm sorry. Hold so on. congratulations to Connecticut for being the I don't for having know. 15 downloads in a month. I, which have all come in the last three days. Like I can sit and name all the states in alphabetical order, but don't ask me where they are unless I have a map in front of me. That's fair. That's fair. So. Weirdly, very close to Massachusetts. Let's see, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida. Yeah, there's not a lot of sea states, so. But yeah, weirdly close to Massachusetts. Like, I want to say a neighbor with Massachusetts, which is where the mage game is. No, oh, that's funny. Right? Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, no, we've had like 15 downloads from there in the last three days. I'm so I guess someone found us and we got popular. Woo. So to whoever you are, send in questions. We're always asking for questions. Thanks, Connecticut. Thank you, Connecticut. And all the other places. And all the other places. And then before, and then it's like Michigan, California, and South Carolina are tied. And then Kentucky, Tennessee, and North Carolina. Weird. For some reason, I imagined North Carolina being higher, but... Because we have a lot of friends in North Carolina? Yeah. But. No, I think that we just kind of got lucky. Also, a lot of our traction came after we started, like, tweeting out that we were playing. Oh. Yeah. Like, we've had, like, no sub, like, 10 download days <laughs> since that. So, like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Well, for, for, for a tiny podcast, that is really cool. But, yeah, thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Hopefully soon... We can start sh sharing the adventures of D&D that we were posting up on Twitter. I, I will get to it eventually. Uh, I need to learn how to edit first. So we'll get it'll happen at some point, and I'll figure out a day that I want to post them up. So we'll, fi we'll find time. Might be like a Saturday or something. Cool. Yeah, no, getting, getting more stuff up there, I'd love that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Just I'd say wait until you have a little bit more of a backlog. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've only done two sessions of it, so. Mm-hmm. I want okay. to learn how to edit first, so. So, uh, getting right into it, now that that little uh, bit of happiness is out of the way, <laughs> um, we're finally going to be wrapping up the Raising the Legion Sanguinary mini-campaign. Man, I hope we are. We should be able the, to. The fucking, I wouldn't call this the filler arc, but boy, does some of it feel, feel like filler arc to me. Because, like, I kind of take over the aftermath of it, and boy, does do a lot of plot points kind of get dropped. 
Or altered, or what have you. Or altered, or what have you, yeah. So, getting started, this one was Sunday, August the 12th, 2018. And, yeah, it looks like uh, everybody but Jamie was there for this session. So we had uh, Cavalier, Shepherd, Mercy, Architect, or Arc, Grief, and Void all present. So, for those of you that don't remember what happened last time, we had this lovely, you know, massive dude that's nine feet tall in armor and holding, you know, what was giant two-handed axe and a helmet with horns curling down on it named the Black Storm, born of the Forge of the Souls. A.K.A. he's a Death Lord. Surprise, guys. Um, Brennan's gonna try and look him up to see if he's a canon thing or not. Cause nope, just gets, uh, Wizard 101, my Exalted Storm PvP gear and deck setup. That's not at all what we're looking for. So this is probably something Joe, uh... Storm, made. uh, Exalted 2nd Edition Storm Raiders of the Western Sky. Probably Black not. Storm Rising, a book on Google. Probably not. Something from Blade and Soul. No. Oh, more Wizard 101. No. Tifa the Stormbringer on the unofficial Exalted Wiki. Yeah, still not the right one. Okay, yeah, I don't... Th oh, Pokemon cards! That's... No. Yeah, it's, to it's totally something that Joe made up. I want to... Uh, so, one of the interesting things about this uh, is that there are canonically, I believe, 12 or 13 Death Lords. Something like that. But there can be more. You're allowed to have as many Death Lords as you want because Death Lords are basically just... Hey, something super powerful died, and now it's a super powerful ghost. Did you take sugar before we recorded tonight, or caffeine, uh, or something? No, no, I have okay. not. You I'm, seem I've louder been, than usual. I've been holding in all of my energy from work until right now. Oh, okay. So yeah, so um, yeah, so Joe basically just made himself a a non-canon uh. Death Lord, which is a little bit weird for Joe because Joe usually sticks very heavily to canon, whereas I just kind of go, what's the canon? That's a great idea. I don't like this name. Give it a new name. I mean, maybe that's what he did with this dude? I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, technically, that's what I did with my Death Lord. Obviously, since my Death Lord that I put into this game is not a canon Death Lord, obviously. Um, or are they Death Ladies? Um... Death Regents. <laughs> De the Death Regents are not uh, obviously not canon there uh, for for them. But anyway, the uh, so yeah, you can have like as many powerful things as you want. And also, if you wanted to, you could totally do that with primordials as well. Because whenever the primordial like soul dies, like its name is lost to the ages. So like if you had say the corpse of a primordial, you could just be like. Oh yeah, we resurrected it because there's no rule against res there's a rule against resurrecting mortal things, but not against things that technically never die. So like you could totally just Is have it a really million resurrecting them if they never die though. No, I think it's just the I think that it's just the equivalent of restarting their heart. Just a nice kickstart jolt. Yeah. They kind of like yeah. You just you just pour you just poured a nice can of surge down their throat. That's not how I pictured it, but sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> Surge, the energy uh, drink of the 90s for children. No. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of children that drank it back then that probably shouldn't have. I believe I also indulged in it, but it was not my favorite. Um, 
So anyways, uh, Blackstorm, born of the Forge of Souls, is a death lord. He came down to talk to us and basically appears before us and tells us that he came to find the person who killed his champion, which is the Orias dude. Okay. Uh, I'll probably mispronounce his name if it comes up again because that's just what I did last time. I mean, time, yeah, you, 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 it was a Reese's. Yeah. I think you called him the Urus. I had so many different messed up names where I think I just started saying syllables that weren't even in there. Just because I don't get to say names weird. I did not do that in these campaigns. So I have I am allowed to do it occasionally. Is that why you've started doing it in every other campaign since? Probably. Okay. It's all that backlog of... I'm going to be the one reasonable person that's not going to make fun of these goddamn names in our group. So I'm going to do it for all these other campaigns. <laughs> uh, yeah. He basically wanted to offer the person uh, who killed his champion the new position of his champion. We tell him that all of us, our whole, you know, little death squad, death knight group is spoken for. And he just basically leaves after that for some reason. So, we decided to take grief with us. That, uh, since we're going to be getting into uh, what that is a hint for later, that is a hint for something that uh, never gets dropped in-game, but I will let you know what it is once we get to the end of this. Okay. So, we take grief with us to go and check in with Apple, and he remembers us mentioning grief, uh, and we'll come, we'll come back to this later, apparently, I have written. Uh, and we also tell him something, but that's not written down. For some reason, I just cut it off, literally. <laughs> don't ask me questions. Dude, did, was that one that I told Faffle, like, don't send us on level no, one we wild side the next, It's literally, we'll come back to this later. We also tell him that, and I don't have anything after that. Oh, okay. Literally, that is the last word. Okay, and that's the end of that session. <laughs> no, that's not the end of that session by any means. So we pre present Void to Thaffle, and after some awkwardness, he gets death knighted, which... Was that one that we got Thaffle as a word when that you were just like, it's first forsaken line? Okay, Thaffle. I don't know. I feel like that at some point, someone started saying Thaffle to be a smart aleck, and... Well, I think it's because I told people how I wrote... First and Forsaken Lion in here is FFL because mm -hmm. I'm not writing out First and Forsaken Lion every single fucking time. And it was just easier to do FFL than Lion in there also. Right. And I might have mentioned that. And I know at some point everybody lost their damn minds. So. But yeah, so we have mission options. We can find uh, finding the Vorpal Reaver or gain leverage over the Stygian Observer. We decided to choose the second one. So we're going to go get some leverage on the Stygian Observer. Right, because that's supposed to give him some leverage to get back into Stygia, right? Which it leads into my next comment. Faffle is banned from Stygia, so we have to go there. Stygia is the capital of the underworld, and which is under a dual monarchy. And the easiest way to get into the labyrinth is in Stygia, and Faffle is not welcome because the skulls on his belt are from the dual mar monarchy of Stygia. So I don't know if you have anything... All right, well, I Brendan... can pull it up. Well, Brendan does that. Uh, Sunbane is Shepard's, air quotes, puppy, uh, and we, and then, uh, Ark makes some armor for him, so that he's all armored and decked out, he's our batter, battle puppy, uh, he's not a puppy at all, he is a giant, uh, I think that's our war, that's, uh, his new war is what he ended up calling him, is Sunbane. Okay. 
So we don't have Steve the 100th and 92nd or whatever like that. So. I swear to God, if it's spelled like this... Because, like, I just put in dual monarchy the way you would put in, dual, like, an actual, like, two-people monarchy. No. Okay, I'm going to just look up Exalted Stygia, because that might give me... Okay, good luck with that. I'll keep going. Uh, so on... Stygian monarchy. There we go. So, on the way, we see sand nomads, and they have a squirming carpet with them. Like, a wrapped-up, rolled-up carpet that's squirming. Uh, so, it just looks a little sketchy to us, which makes sense because it is sketchy so greek decides to jump to the shadow of the stone hand thing which is a i'm gonna butcher the pronouncing of this which mm -hmm. brennan will probably know how to pronounce it uh hecatone hecatone kyre yeah that that word mm -hmm. uh it means that... i want to say that's an actual greek word for like either hundred arms or thousand arms uh, it wouldn't surprise me i'm gonna um, i want to say it's hundred arms but yeah so he he jumps to the shadow of the hecatone kyre <sighs> my brain does not want to my brain and my mouth do not want to sync up and say it correctly uh that comes alive and tries to smash grief he manages to get away and the thing starts chasing after grief as he's essentially teleporting after the sand people uh, because I believe he's using alacrity. Hundred hands. Hundred hands? Mm -hmm. Good to know. It's literally from uh, Greek mythology. Their name means hundred-handed ones. And the picture is kind of fucking terrifying, if I'm being honest. Um, here we go. Oh, neat. Yeah, it's just dude so it's... with, like, a hundred hands and a shit ton of faces. Hmm. And, like, two legs. No, there's a lot of legs on there. Interesting. I'm really confused as this. Like, just a bunch of limbs protruding out of normal proportion body. Eh, we'll go with it. But yeah, so the hand keeps going after grief until Sunbathe and Void start attacking it, and then it turns to go after the things closest to it, and grief keeps following after the sand people. And at this point, Jamie, or Vision as her character's name, ends up showing up, which is about 10 o'clock at that point. So grief loses track of the skiff and then teleports to the hand and starts angrily attacking it because the, the freaking hand made him lose the skiff, so course he's gonna angrily attack it how rude void throws his sword teleports to it and then attacks um arc gets up there and the thing tries to smash her but she uses her uh animal banner because uh arc got an ability that lets her basically use her animal banner as a shield to block an attack and good thing because with freaking nine damage to my poor little child. My poor innocent little abyssal child. I mean, as that we mentioned before, um, it, for Godbound, HP values are fairly low. And we're at, what, level three now? Yeah. Three. Yeah, this is like, this is some hurting us shit. Yeah. So I said, ammo banana, nine damage, fuck you. No. And then uh, she counters it with hammer hand and blasts a hold through it. Because fuck that thing. It's a structure. And Ark does architecture stuff. And all that shit. So. We continue to track the sand people. We end up finding ghosts. And it looks like there's kind of a junker town. And uh, it's like Haraste or something like that. I couldn't even Haraste? begin to Haraste? It might be mm -hmm. Haraste. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so I can find nothing on the dual monarchy or Stygia. Except for the fact that Stygia is... The capital of the underworld. I already said um, that. It is the underworld's reflection of the Blessed Isle. 
which makes sense if it's the capital that would make it in the center of the world. Um, it is a grand necropolis with no counterpart in creation. It's the center of the cult of the dual monarchy, uh, the location of the calendar of Satesh, and the entry to the well of the void. Uh, it's the most important place in the underworld, and the ghosts who live in Stygia... Ghosts who live in Stygia live there for its power, its respect, and because of its affairs with the living are less germane to them now. I don't know what that word actually means. Um, Stygia is... Oh! Stygia is used as a council chamber for the Death Lords. Uh, and now rule it in the shadow using the dual monarchs as their figureheads. So basically, because it, the first and forsaken lion is banned from Stygia, he can never get in on that sweet, hey, let's talk with my peers, like, on, on, on that, hey, guys, how's your campaign's going day? He's just kind of stuck in the fucking south. Makes sense why he'd want to get in there and know what's going on, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the last time he didn't know what was going on, he totally fucked up the end of the world. Which would make you think he'd want to, they'd want to let him in on everything, but since he's kind of, like fucked stuff up and... they don't they don't let him in despite the fact that he could once again fuck stuff up yeah whatever no one ever said death lords were smart um well they are the ghosts of solars and no one ever said solars are smart no one said exalted no one said people in general were smart okay so <laughs> look, look look forward to our new to our new series people in general are not smart no we're really not gonna make that <laughs> uh so we get to this town they offer to house us there, and we learn about the jackal tribes that killed everyone here. And the tribes are usually, they oh, operate shit, more in the east in creation uh, than where this town is, which is more of a central area. So using a subtle eye, Ark is able to find this magical black fruit that has healing properties for dark beings. She gives it to Void, um, who takes a bite, and Sunbane just eats a whole one uh we talk a little bit about the spirits there and we realize well arc realizes from a comment that was made that she could use this whole damn town to make sun steel like literally soul steel, soul steel. i said sun steel didn't i yeah i meant soul steel but yeah because there's spirits here what's soul steel made out of souls right unless of course you're in uh autochthonia I mean, then it still is, but it's less screamy. Yeah. But, yeah, she could use this whole town to make soul steel if she wanted to. <laughs> Anyways. She then proceeds to use this whole town to make soul steel. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we see this underworld sandstorm, it's just solid blackness. Uh, we head inside and just kind of hang out and do stuff there. Uh, Ark gets born, decides to make the house better. And gives it a door, kind of fortifying it a bit. Eventually, some of these spirit raiders break down this lovely fortified door. And uh, Vision commands them to stand down. And they do, because it's spirits versus abyssals. Good fucking luck. Um, so, Ark collect takes her lantern and collects all these spirits in it for later. Not the spirits that housed us, but the ones that were attacking us. Just mm -hmm. to clarify, she's not a monster entirely. Um, so we go and find the place eventually, after the sandstorm pass, we go off and find where the skiff is at, and that squirming carpet that was on there is gone, 
so we eventually end up having our undead army versus a skeleton construct army. And then there's two sphinx there, two sphinx constructs that start attacking us as well. We end up defeating them and head inside to find yet another construct. The name of the game was Constructs, apparently. The name of the game was, you have someone with the, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, artifice, artifice, word. artifice word. And do you want them to just beat everything? Yes. Here you go. Just throw the little child at it. I mean, how many times did we fight constructs and just buildings and we're just like, just let me get up there, guys. Let's distract everything else. And just bam. I mean, a lot. It happened a lot. And I'm not sure if that it's because that you didn't get the chance to hammer hand things for the last, what, five sessions? So now Joe's just like, eh, fuck it. Let's just start using hammer hand. I, I feel like he didn't throw constructs at us to start with because it was literally one of those things of I was the only one that could do a lot of damage to them to start with. Yeah. And it was unfair to everybody else. <laughs> Who knows? The world we may never know. Maybe one day we'll get Joe down here on an episode to talk about this. Yeah, we could totally do that. He'd have to listen to everything to finally fish this out 20 minutes into the episode. Nah, it's fine. But yes, yeah, so there is a uh, Noggle. Noggle? Noggle! Are you going to look that up too? Yeah, could you uh, give me just one second and pull back up my Google? So um, it's, it's a construct, uh, this cat centaur type thing that's huge. And Ark's able to tell that is standing on this swirling sand that'll hurt us. Is that N-A-L-G-U-L? N-H-A-L-G-O-L is how I have it spelled in here. Whether that's the correct spelling or not, who knows? Uh, but we're not sure if this swirling sand's gonna hurt us or the Noggle more. And then there's these whirling blade, whirling blades. Yeah, I got, I got, I got nothing. It's fine, whatever. These whirling blades that come out and start, that are actually whirling out of the sand pockets. And, um, after we end up dealing with those, there's a mob of spirits, um, of Dehenish nomads that come out to fight us. We cut through them pretty easily because, again, spirits. And, um... Uh, you know what? I'm not going to really uh, speak on it right now, but Dehenish Nomads, I believe, will actually have uh, a pretty big uh, thing on later games because we do have a character who is from, uh, who is from that descent who shows up because that is near where Cheroscuro is. Gotcha. Yes. I could also be completely mispronouncing something or mishearing something, but there's there's a character that shows up that has a nomad background. Okay. Uh, yeah, so defeat the Noggle, mob of Dehenish nomads, uh, and then at one point, Ark is just kind of able to, because she has that uh, excision of understanding, basically pulls the name of the person controlling them out of uh, one of them. And um, somehow it's still the Noggle that's controlling them. Noggle. Right. Somebody because else I think, I think that it wasn't actually dead. I don't know. But yeah, we notice that a carpet is broken and the, and, uh, the Noggle. Oh, we notice a carpet in the broken Noggle construct. I'm can't. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay. And get the Stygian Observer out of it and back to where he needs to go. So that's who was in the carpet was the, the Stygian Observer. And we told him that we were for Faffle, and basically, you know, he owes us for saving him, and or Faffle for saving him. One or the other. Your choice. Yeah. I mean, you could owe us, you can owe the Death Lord. I mean, you know the Death Lord, like, we still kind of own you at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. You know. What's that, what's that phrase? Uh, six or half a dozen or something like that? Yeah. But yeah, so then our whole group decides to talk about buying Onting. <laughs> Do you remember those? Oh, yeah, because we hadn't spent any Dominion yet. Yeah. So we're just like, do we want to buy Ontang? Do we, we have, do, between all of us, do we have enough to buy Ontang? And we decide, yeah, we'll, we do. Once we get to the actual game again, because you guys start spending Dominion in my game, um, I'll, I'll explain what Dominion is. Uh, basically, it's a... I think we have at some point, or mentioned it at least. We'll mention it more in depth because people have actual, like, projects and stuff that get done. But basically it's a way to expend over time your godly power. Yeah, and then my favorite part was Ark brought up, why are we letting the Infernal have a place at Ontang? Because it was literally our whole tabletop group that was like, let's all throw Dominion in here and buy Ontang. And Ark's like, why are we letting this infernal in here and even andrew who was playing grief was like yeah why are you guys letting an infernal why, why, in your abyssal or, or like why are you letting void have a say in this he wasn't there for taking on ten yeah but it, it arc's whole thing was just like she's not mad that either one of you are here but it's one of those things of like he's an infernal who's with this shady lady like what are his motives for being around us and who the heck was the Sidereal we saw him with to begin with? Like, what the fuck is going on here? She had so many questions, and the rest of the group, and even Fafel were like, eh, it's fine. Okay, to be fair, I didn't give a shit about any of those questions in character. Yeah, no, you didn't care, but it was still one of the, like, when the fact that the Infernal was even just like, yeah, what she said, like, why are you guys so just blasé about this whole thing? But yeah, I think it was just everybody in the group. That would have been fucking hilarious if we had all bought like dominion with grief and then it's just like oh yeah here's all these super dark like districts von tang with all this stuff and then it's just like little tiny piece of malpheus here yeah there's some just blood apes and agata and neoma just wandering around and there's like flesh pits and there's like well i remember weird... i offered to put in more because when we broke it down it didn't break down entirely even i offered to put more in if i could mm-hmm. have my own like workshop the air right. or something like that. Right, but what I'm saying is it's like, oh yeah, most of Ontang is super dark. Except for Malpheus. Except for this one district that's like kind of weird. Area. Yeah, this Malfian area that's super alien and like hellscapey and not deathy. I mean it's still deathy, but it's not like it's like traditional Christian hell more than it is just straight up underworld. And not yeah. the movie. I just, I think it was the whole out-of-character aspect of, like, we're playing we, a game together. So let's pool our resources to buy a castle? Yeah, but the in-character mentality of Ark is just like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Like, why are you guys just allowing this shysty potential Infernal just come in and, you know, reap the benefits of what we did? And then, who the fuck is this mummy dude? Like, sure, he's yeah. useful, this but at the same time... This mummy's fucking useful, but at the same time, he is clearly not... He is clearly, like... He is clearly one katana short of dual wielding. <laughs> also, why does he have a mouth on his gauntlet? Why is he eating people with with the mouth gauntlet? Oh, Ark didn't care about that. 
one katana she had a lantern that she kept spirits in to make soul steel do you really think she's gonna care somebody's that, eating people that you is, eat the person and it's like cool free spirit that is gonna be my new fucking phrase for people who are a little bit off their rocker yo that guy's one katana short of dual wielding i like it i'm down for it i feel like it's a more like in character way of saying you know he's, the, he's missing a bulb on the christmas tree, <laughs> tree lights yeah the power's on and some of the lights are going but some of them are not like the star like the angel on top that is definitely that has no power to it there's no angels here among us in this game but yeah so that was the end of the first session okay boy have we just started going off on tangents about stuff yeah yeah the next session was Sunday, August the 26th of 2018. Is this the final session? I don't... That's a lot of scrolling for me to do. Okay. And I don't feel like doing that right now. So, uh, we have everybody there except for Jess, so no mercy this go-around. Um, and there's a little bit of time between this session and the neck and, like, the Fury session and this one. And so, uh, Arx had time to bleed off some residents that she got from dealing with bullshit last session. And now we're up to level four. Woo! Hooray! Uh, so Void finds out his next target is in uh, Kairoskiro. Yep. And we brought up why we're letting Grief hang around uh, when he's not an Abyssal. Literally just what we were just talking about. Grief and Ark are both like, yeah, why is everyone okay with this? Faffles says so long as his and his allies' things happen to align with Faffles' plans, then, you know, he's fine with it. Which I feel like is a reasonable but also kind of a little bit of a cop-out i feel like that it's a good way to uh give andrew a character to play so that we can all hang out together as friends but also just kind of be like and eh, just go with it yeah it's just it's it's weird like i said when two people were like sure okay we're not going to question the logistics in character of this for the sake of out of character stuff any other game any other game those would have been questioned and they would have taken three sessions to get through it yeah well, Falco says he has a man who is studying runes and planes uh, of uh, rustic iron, and we have to go and search the planes for the Vorpal Reaver. So we're traveling. Okay, so we're, we're actually picking up that, uh, that other quest line. This time a quest line did not get dropped. Well, remember how I said earlier there was the Vorpal Reaver and then... Right. Oh, talking about picking it up and then yeah, dropping it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because quest lines have been just picked up and dropped. Yep. So we're traveling, and we're traveling, and there is a black traveling, air quotes, cloud, and it's like black Garna underworld creatures that dive bomb things and explode. Okay. Yeah. I vaguely remember this. So they start coming after us. Shepard makes a portal to creation, and we go through that to escape the Garna. Which, I don't even remember what Garna are. I just have it written down. Um, uh, so we are in the south of creation for a while, and then we end up going back. Which hopefully is long enough to avoid them. So we're going through this area, and we see a group of Dehenish nomads. Uh, oh, did, do you think that maybe Joe um, misspoke and he meant Garda? Maybe. Or maybe I misheard and wrote Garna instead of Garda. It's possible. Okay, because I know that a Garda bird is something. Um, like I said, I have Garna right now, but it might be Garda. Because if you say it too quickly, like that yeah, M and yeah, D can kind of sound the same. Because a Garda bird, I believe, is a 
it's a big fucking fire elemental from the south. Yeah, but these are these are like black things that are. They could be dark. the they could be the undead version of Gardevoirs. Maybe. It's or possible. he could have just been using that as an example of like something to think of, but like not everyone has read through the bestiary, so like not everyone knows what everything looks like. Like I could just say, oh yeah, and then you encounter a uh, a fucking agata. But if I haven't told you what an agata is, you're just like. I know what a Gata is, but a right, lot but, of people might not. Right, but if no one knows what it is, and I don't give you a description, it's just like, the fuck is that? Yeah. That's just like, hey, Brendan, go fight an Aboleth. You know what they are now. I know what did those are now. Did you know what now. they were before? Uh, no, no, I did not. Yeah. I did not know that, were, that those were also soloable by a level 8 barbarian with a javelin and a lot of superior a healing potions. A lot potions. of potions. <laughs> to be fair, I think... A couple people may have gotten, like, one or two shots on it, but you kind of tanked that. But sidetracking, uh, trying to focus back again. So we're going through this area and see a group of the Dehenish nomads who see us and uh, say they have to attack us, apparently. So Ark ends up using a Whitebone Harvest, and there is something happening that keeps it working normally because white boat harvest is devastating when you're fighting undead things it basically just pops them and they kind of just die but yeah something's going on it's not working like it's supposed to so we end up having to fight them normally but we handle them fairly quickly because fuck them because uh (laughs) at least a few of us are just very heavily combat spec yeah we have quite a few people that are pretty heavily combat spec uh we end up rolling up on a ritual that's being performed by more of these nomads with their leader in the middle, and then this guy, we assume is the one that we're looking for, uh, that's tied to a post. He's bound by soul steel chains. Uh, with Ark's knowledge and all the things she has at her disposal, she can tell that they're trying to strip this abyssal of its power and put the abyssal's power into the leader. And so we end up fighting them, and then the Noggle has control over these spirits, so it's just not going well. Um, so, Ark just decides, just, she realizes at this point she can't, like, do much except just solo attack things. But she's gonna try and give everybody else an advantage. She kind of looks at everybody's like, I need you guys to protect me, I'm gonna do a thing. And I remember Joe's face when I said this. I was like, Joe, I'm going to use White Bone Harvest. And he's like, you know the, the thing that's going on, it's going to probably kill you. I was like, yeah, but what happens when a, when a, you hit zero when, when in the system? When you hit zero, yeah. You go into Divine Fury. So, uh, what, what, the thing that was going on, we found out. Tactical was, death. Tactical death. I warned you guys, keep an eye on me. I'm going to need you to protect me. So what she did was... Bone Harvest, White Bone Harvest, any um, undead stuff that you can see, that you can see, uh, you just activate it and they die. Well, what Joe had done so we didn't just completely ruin all of his stuff by just wiping everything, because both Devin's character and my character had White Bone Harvest, is he put a backlash on it. So you would destroy them and you would take some damage. I want to say it was like 1d6 damage rolled per per thing. So like, it's not a huge amount if you're taking out, I don't know, like... A couple. If you're taking out like 5 or 6, you have a maximum of you can be hit for like, I think 12 damage. Which at that point is still pretty high, but like, there's a lot more than 12. But there was a group in the middle 
and then there was five other points. Like yeah. Four or five other points. So it was at least 25 to 30 of them. Yeah. And Art could see all of them, and she bammed on all of them. It ended up destroying, I think, at least half of them. Mm-hmm. But she she hit zero, went into Divine Fury, so she kind of needed everybody else to, to protect her after the ritual backlash. So, um... Everyone starts killing all the other people doing the ritual, and we eventually kill the leader. Uh, I know while I was in Divine Fury, the leader's like, you're my bitch. I don't recognize what Divine Fury is. I'm going to go after you. So you had, like, Grief and Void doing whatever they could to keep the small child alive. Uh, you, had, you had Grief um, basically using all of his alacrity charms to basically be like, fuck you, you can't get through here. Fuck you, fuck you. And you had me just like... Throw well, my grief, sword, teleport grief, grief to it. Threw shadow over me to hide me, so you couldn't. Right. He couldn't find people in there, and he. I think he went into that shadow and started fighting people that were coming after right. me. Right, and then the other thing that I was doing is the way that Joe had set up my martial arts was, I would basically like hit people multiple times, and then on, I want to say like the second or third hit, I would basically hit them so hard that they went up into the air, and if things were in the air, I got super attacks on it through my gifts that basically yep. let me just throw my thing at it. Attack! Okay, cool. Now I get two extra attacks. So, like, there were points where the, I was making, like, four attacks in a round because a lot of my, like, all of, all of that entire, uh, all of that entire uh, martial art is incredibly effort heavy, but if you know that you're that you can take everything out, it is just it is insanely good. Yeah, and I'd already taken out a good chunk of them, so it, I think in the long run, I feel like Joe gave me looks for doing the thing, but I think it was beneficial for me to do it. It definitely uh, cut the time on that uh, session in probably half. Yeah, and with grief and void protecting Ark as like persistently as they did the three of them kind of bonded, which is a relevant thing later when we go back yes. to our Exalted King. Yes, that is a very relevant thing later. Uh, they they tend to continue rolling around yeah. as a group. Yep. Um, so, let's see. Like I said, we, we kill the people doing the ritual. We eventually kill the leader. Everyone kind of more or less works to keep Ark alive. Uh, Cavalier Banner heals her while she's in fury. Grief hides her in shadows while she's unconscious. Because at one point, I do go unconscious. Mm -hmm. I know, um, um, oh my god, I can't think of what Devin, Shepard. Shepard, yeah. Shepard tried to do some stuff and it didn't work out. And like I said, you were banting around killing things. But yeah, so they keep me. They keep Ark alive. We kill everything. Everything's copacetic, and then they harshly take the poor dude off of the pillar, um, while the rest of us just decide. That, like while Ark's resting, they just harshly take him off the pillar, and then we head home. We ask Faffle about uh, the Noggle, and he says Noggle is that that the, the Noggle is a Nefrak. Oh, okay. Which is this really powerful, angry spirit, which Brendan could probably talk more about. Um, yeah, actually, I don't even need to pull up Google for that. Uh, Nephrax are the uh, ang are the angriest of angry spirits that are not uh, that are not death lords. And Spoiler, also, are are not this group, but our group ends ends up dealing with them at one point too. Yes, they do. Um, and also, the other thing to keep in mind about Nephrax is that they are um, all of them are priests that worship the void. Hey, they worship you. Not that void. 
Not not the cool hip void who's hip with the kids and wrapped <laughs> up in mummy cloth. Sure, hip yeah, with he's the kids. Yeah, ne- he's never hip with any kids. You're hip with, like, one kid. And I wouldn't even use I'm the word hip. I'm hip with one kid. And I wouldn't even use the word hip for that. I would never... Even when even when these characters show back up, even when the, I have to roleplay as Christina's character, that character still gives Void looks of, are you fucking serious? Did you really just say that? She still enjoys having him around, though. But yeah, so the last little bit of this session was um, that we found out the City of Dead Flowers is staging an area to establish rule until uh, we can acquire the Fortress Unvanquishable. Okay. That's the end of that session. All right. And that, yeah, that was the last one. That was the end of, that was as far as we were able to get through this campaign. Okay. Um, I'm going to pause it so we can put another call on before we get talking about the actual ending. All right. So back with this shit. So let's figure out how this game was supposed to end. Because as Christina mentioned before, the last uh, session that she talked about was actually the last session that uh, we got actually run. played. So after uh, that last one happened, end of August, I think. Yeah. So after a couple of months, I got together with Joe to just kind of hang out and basically uh, figure out how that was going to end because basically some shit went down and basically the group would not be getting together again. Um. So, basically, what he told me about was, uh, so that thing that showed up, the Black Storm thing. Yeah, the Death Lord. Death Lord. That is Jamie's actual Death Lord. That I did know about because either you mentioned it to me or Joe mentioned it to me, like, after the fact. Um, there was supposed to be an entire two or three session arc revolving around that Death Lord and his other Death Knights um, that was supposed to take place up in the north and was dubbed, I believe Joe said, the Victory Society arc. So I'm not going to go too much into that. Yeah, because that's relevant later. Because I literally, like, I asked Joe, it's like, hey, can I take that? And he was like, yeah. And I figured that was a good point because at that point I was like, I really want to give the ending that me and Christina deserved for this game. So I kind of was like, hey, is it cool if I take that arc idea to start introducing the, those abyssals into this game so that everyone can kind of see, like... Because, you know, and end of the road is, is that most likely every single one of those abyssals would have been killed by our solar circle. Yeah, like, there might have been some that our solar circle would have redeemed or just let fuck off but that would have been a hard press the only ones who i felt had redeemable qualities to them were cavalier and arc yeah because and uh, maybe mercy mercy might have also because mercy also because of of stuff because of stuff that i will get into when it, it becomes relevant well i should actually probably talk about the changes yeah so actually no let's talk about how how it was supposed to end the basic ending of it is is that like in a sentence is you guys take over the south and you raise the legion sanguinary which is the name of the first and forsaken lions army yep to basically conquer the whole of the south yep. that's why it's called raising the legion sanguinary not the legion sanguinary takes over the south 
Yeah, it's it's literally everything we've been doing is trying to get him into Stygia, um, so he could do you some shit. You actually weren't supposed to be able to get oh, him I, into Stygia. Well, jo so Joe told me a little bit about it afterwards because I asked him. I was like, "You're never gonna run this. Tell me some things." Just like I asked him about the campaign we ran for World of Darkness. I asked him. Mm -hmm. I found out that my character was one of the big bats for that. Right. Because she had amnesia and didn't realize she was the one that created, like, that world machine that was supposed mm -hmm. to yeah. fuck everything up. Yeah. Um, but he had told me that everything we were going to do to try and help him with Stygia wasn't going to work. And there was no way for him to get back Right, to because that's literally a decree from the fucking Neverborn to say, you can never come back to Stygia, boy. Don't even try. He's just trying because he thinks that he can do it. But what he can't, what he isn't banned from doing is going to creation. Yeah. So basically, the idea is is that he goes to creation, and his whole goal is to start uh, getting power in creation and bringing more and more undead into creation. Sorry, I've got the hiccups. Um. More and more undead into creation to start taking over the entirety of the South, which is a very mineral-rich uh, area. So, like, if you don't have to feed your fucking army, it's great for you. Yep, which, you know, undead and um, bullshit don't have to eat. In my game, um, the, the lion wins. Yeah. Like, the lion hard wins... The only thing in the South that is not taken over by the lion is Chiroscuro and Curigas. Yep. Which the two... Oh, and the Lap. Yeah, because the Lap is its own... The Lap is... It's its, its own particular brand of it's its own So the Lap is um, one of the only places in creation that... Uh, in the South that has fertile land. Like, just consistently has fertile land. And... Uh, is is basically normally controlled by uh by the realm uh in this case it loses in in our actual canon it loses control of the realm to something else that we'll get into a little bit later uh chiroscuro retains uh their own autonomy and kirigas retains their own autonomy the main reason for this is is that chiroscuro is a major port city and is just a generally one of my favorite settings to play in. It's incredibly, uh, it has a wide variety of things that can either fuck a character over or make really interesting things. Like the, uh, the Delshin, Delshin Nomads? Dinesh? Dinesh Nomads, that's what it is. De De was it Dinesh? I, don't I think so. Right. Yeah, I, I think, think I'm thinking of my my Avalon campaign because Dinesh PA's in. So, so I think, I it, think it it's actually the... Delzin Nomads. Yeah. But basically, they're a they're a very interesting culture that I actually have tried multiple times to get people to fuck up pronouns with the Delzin Nomads because the Delzin Nomads do not believe in uh, pronouns the way that like you assign pronouns by gender but the person assigns their own pronouns to themselves. Oh, okay. So uh, in Lee's game, Petrie played a character that was from... Uh, like, Chiroscuro? Yeah. That, or that area? Yeah. Because Chiroscuro is also ruled by the Delta. And so, like, her, um, her character would... Like, she talked about how her 
mom who was like looked like a female was actually went by him because he was because he right. was like the the mother but took on a more masculine the, role. The, this so, is the person who so birthed she me. She went by him, right? And it's a and very... it was the same way with uh, her father, which went by she. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting culture that I think is very. Um, it's very fun. That's why uh, it, it's uh, it's interesting to to deal with as a as a PC because especially if you haven't read anything about it or don't make any like a proper history check, you can easily misgender these people and offend like nobody's business. And it and it's un, it's like a really bad offense. It's not like it's not like whoops, my bad. It's like you should have known about this. We have ways of telling that this is a thing. Um, so the, the reason that I, uh, spared Kirigast is that Kirigast, uh, I believe is actually a exalted third edition city. I could be wrong about that. Uh, my, my knowledge of what isn't, isn't, uh. With each edition. Yeah. What, what is added between each edition isn't great. But the reason I picked Kirigast is, is that it is literally on that small, like, isthmus between the scavenger lands, and the south. So the reason that it, that it hasn't fallen is it's close enough to the scavenger lands to get support and it's, from so it's, Sunshade. So it's harder to take over. Yes, it is harder to take over. Because um, even with all the uh, solars in our campaign just kind of getting scattered to the mm-hmm. wind, people still retained Sunshade and their forces and their powers and still helped our allies. Right. So, um, so one of the things I did want to touch on, because I don't think that you touched on it, is that, at least for my character, my overall plot was, hey, I got screwed out of a martial arts thing. Like, basically, people poisoned my character during, like, a martial arts tournament, because he was the best in the clan. And when he died, uh, the Death Lord came to me and was like, hey, do you want revenge? I was like, fuck yeah, I want revenge. So I went and killed my sensei. And stole his championship belt. But at this point, because I had uh, basically all of the jewels in it that we had talked about earlier, basically went away. So you had to go around. So I had to go around killing other master martial artists. And what that actually gave me was I could spend an effort for the scene and switch martial arts. Joe was actually designing me five martial arts to just switch into. Or I could switch into a half stance to retain the benefits of my martial art, but also get, like, capstone abilities from the other one. That was neat. I, I think you mentioned that you were you got some benefits from other martial arts once yep. you took out masters of them. Yep. I, I think that actually the, the first one I took out, I actually, like, was in the, my second session. And I don't think you have it written down, but I do remember taking out someone to... Uh, to get, I want to say I got Fire Dragon I, I mentioned uh, you had a target that you were going after, but yeah. I didn't elaborate on it because I don't remember a I lot did of it. actually get it in that second session that I was in because I did get to use Fire Dragon style uh, later on. Yeah, which was why I was out of character worried that for the solar campaign when you brought Void into it. Um, that I was going to give him a bunch of dope fucking styles? Well, that you were uh, going to go after us because we had some people who were martial artists. No, no, group. I wasn't. I was going to say that he had already... So one of the things I decided to do for that campaign, uh, for, I'm sorry, for our campaign, is to just be like, all of these characters have attained their goals. 
they do not have goals to attain. Like, my character has hunted down all the martial arts. His belt is full. He does not need to hunt down any more martial arts. He might fight another martial artist because he recognizes that they're a martial artist and wants to fight them because that's what you do and in you And you prove yourself and stuff like that. But, like, Architect is... She's not content with her life. No, Architect by no means is, like, but really she is, content with where she's at. She is where that you would expect uh, Claudia to be in 15 years. Yeah, so let me go a little bit into Arc. So, Arc's... So, Arc is, like, 10 to 12 years old. So she's a small child, perpetually, after she became an abyssal. So, for anybody who's seen an interview with a vampire, she is basically Claudia. She is a ch- child's body forever... But she has the knowledge work, so she is brilliant. So everyone always sees her as a child and usually treats her like a child unless they know better. So you have to imagine somebody who has that form, but the knowledge of all the mortal sages. So she is fucking brilliant. So the way she was actually, uh, for lack of a better word, turned how she became abyssal. So her, one of her parents was a teacher and the other one was actually, you know, an architect. And, um, she got very, so she was going down that path of knowledge anyways. So she got very sick and, um, they weren't able to fix her. So basically on her deathbed, this, everything was black and this voice came to her and was just like, you are so young, you have so much potential, agree to help me and you can fulfill that potential and live on. You are too young to die this way. And so... Not really knowing what was going on, agreed to it. Because you're a ten-year-old kid, yeah. Like, and so she never really. It seemed like she was loyal to the first and forsaken line, but it was literally just so she could get knowledge, so she could build, she could progress. Right. It wasn't so that she could. She just really did what he wanted her to do because he, in her eyes, saved her. But she didn't. She only went so far to loyalty to him to stay alive and like keep progressing and learning more things. And so she never really had a goal besides learning and building and doing more. So she followed him just because. Right, which is why that uh, as that you have accomplished all of your goals and because it's a thing that you can do and exalt it whenever you level up or in Godbound when you level up, if your GM permits it and everything because you're not having fun with things or because, uh, like, because it makes sense for the character, we actually switched her words around. Well, she had the same word. She just got an extra one. Because okay, you she... let us have uh, four, and Joe only let us have three. Right, he... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, because I... You had the death word originally Yeah, because death art. came with abyssals. So I had death, knowledge, and artifice. Those were my Whereas three Whereas I words. automatically gave you guys death, and then gave you guys... And then you let you guys pick yeah. three. And so the word she picked up from... Because you remember, 10, 12 years old, this take this took place not terribly long after all of us became abyssals. Like, maybe a year right. or so, I think. Yeah, no, it, it took um, place maybe a year or so. It basically, and, in canon to uh, the Kings of Creation uh, storyline, this is taking place almost in tandem. Yeah, so... The it, this is a this is a little bit of a spoiler for our Star Wars game, but uh, I'm not gonna see the amount of time. But I probably have. We, I we, have, we have. We have. We have. Yeah. So the 15 years pass with everybody being scattered to the winds. So Arcs had 15 years to just kind of exist, still as a child. But so, is also a 10 year old and is now like also like. So technically, uh, she would be like 25 to 27, 
and she's still a child. So basically, she has gone kind of crazy and mad in her state of not being able to age and still being viewed as a child by people who don't know better. And so Brendan, I was like, that was my justification for why she had the madness worse. So she's a little unhinged um, and she really only cares about just hanging out with Void and Grief because they're the two people that have literally always been there for her. She taught them Old Realm. Which are like the the two the two people that you do not want to hang that you do yeah, not want to base this, like this martial like, arts mummy who's going around and slaughtering all these masters like, that's in this why, fucking that, like, that's why I say that like Mercy and Cavalier are redeemable because they're like honorable or have like things to them. Ark is maybe redeemable, but at the same time, Ark spent fifteen years with grief and yeah. void. A Malfian crazy person. But if you take away Void and Grief, what does she really have left to give a fuck about? Right. She she kind of switched over from, cool, I'm following Faffle and doing what he needs to, to, oh my gosh, these guys are actually my friends and they give a fuck about me and keep an eye out mm-hmm. on me and hang out with me. I'm going to help them with what they need to. So you take those two away and she's just kind of like, what do I really care about anymore? Yeah. And then if there was a chance of her being able to break away from Faffle, she would have been like, I'm just going to go and live my life so, because I can. The other thing that we should probably add in is is that obviously any of the shit about the Mask of Winter's Death Knights and everything, like that, the, the stuff that Joe said, either they're a separate squad from the Mask of Winter's or they are not the, the it's different. They're a separate squad. I'm going to yeah. just say they're a separate our, squad. Our, our stories, Mask of Winter's, is what the characters are what we went with yeah. for ours. So. Um. The other thing to keep in mind is is that there was also a how how big was our group six abyssals, uh, you Devin, Janie, J- Jess, Jess, Lewis, Lewis, you, me. So it was six abyssals and an infernal and an infernal. There was actually a seventh abyssal, as far as my canon is concerned, who was actually friends with Lewis's abyssal cavalier, yeah, who was the black asp or the black viper of stygia who is the first and forsaken lion's secret weapon they are a like basically being trained in like the art of war and are basically the general that is pulling the strings i thought it was ash and cobra that's what it is. Ash and Cobra. I was sitting and thinking, I was like, is this what I don't know about? But I was like, no, I think he means Ash and Cobra. I could not remember that name because it literally can't, comes up two or three times in the game, I think, in what is still like another year and a half. It's worth literally of stuff. written in my book it's, somewhere. Yeah, but we haven't gotten to that book yet. But I don't, I, Storm never knew in character, so. Yeah. Um. So basically there's that secret abyssal that is helping out a bunch of things. And, um... One of the interesting things to keep in note, to keep in mind, is is that that particular abyssal is also being trained by Princess Magnificent with lips of coral and robes of black feathers. Yep. Which is relevant to that character's story once we get there. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any other questions about the game that I might be able to answer? I know that we kind of just glossed over, like, everything. Well, I mean, like, like, Joe kind of told me a little bit about what was going to happen. He didn't tell, like, the grand overarching things, but it was just, he... It's basically, you guys are bringing the undead He he was literally just like, you're raising the, you guys are going to raise the army, and 
Baffle's not going to be able to get into Stygia. And we're like, okay, cool. Then, like, the whole thing is we just raise the army? Like, yeah. That's I mean, it? And that's literally in the name of the campaign because the name of yeah, no, I understand Baffle's that, but army like, is the Legion Sanguinary. It's like that, but it just, it felt like there should have been more to it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm really excited for when we get to the the point of this uh, of this podcast where the, I'm actually having to go over my notes for what's going to happen but never got to actually get run. Yeah. Because, holy shit, did I, like, have to, like... Let me put it this way, guys. This group started throwing me for so many loops that I was having to plan five fucking sessions in advance. And, like, it was, like... You, you, mean, you remember? You mean, our, you mean you like remember, when, Sto- when I had that old, private old, conversation right, with Storm and Right, them? so like our fucking old hookah bar or like going up to Dream or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be there two or three times a week. Like, even though I have a hookah here, I'd be there two or three times a week so I could like plug in and like listen to music and just like zone into like editing these documents for like every fucking contingency that you guys have done. Yep. And I think we still even threw you for some curveballs. You guys still threw me some, for some fucking curveballs. I know balls. you definitely, like, gave me a couple looks when Storm had a conversation with some people. And you're just like, oh, I didn't expect this. I yeah. didn't expect this. Which, there's a part of me that's really sad that conversation wasn't with the group. But I also didn't want anybody to meta. And I didn't want people to make comments or give me looks while we were trying to have that right. conversation. So. Um so but that's way down the line though i have a question for you christina oh oh assuming let's i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be blunt about it um what for judging off of godbound games Mm -hmm. between me and joe which one did you prefer i mean do i really need to answer that question no you don't have to if you don't want to like i feel like it's pretty obvious so okay that's fair we'll get to that obvious answer a little bit later so for everyone, thank you for listening. This is episode 21. We couldn't have done it without you guys. I also wanted to say that um, this has actually been our best month for downloads. Woo! I mean, last month was technically good, but that's I think that it also got a bump because we went on Spotify. And oh, like, yeah, we're I on, think like, that, what, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Podbean. Podbean. Um, I can probably add more stuff if people tell me wherever else that they get their fucking podcast from. But, yeah, no, I think that, like, the day that, like, I... Uh, did the Spotify thing, it, uh, like, went through all of our episodes and, like, started them up at least once to make sure there was audio there. So, like, that's why that, like, if you look at my, my stats on, uh, January, it's just, like, like, it's this weird fucking, like, suddenly you have 50 downloads in the day, and I'm just, like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) But, yeah, no, uh, we've actually exceeded what we did for December, which was our best month before that so i got a question because i can't think off the top of my when did we start everything uh back in june so june will be our, our year anniversary june will be our year anniversary also we're getting super close to a thousand downloads total all right guys like under like we only need like under 25 more to have a thousand thank you everybody appreciate right? it that means that with uh since i'm not including this one in there with 52 episodes up, we're averaging about 30, 40 episodes, uh, 30, 30 or 40 downloads an episode, which is fucking cool. Uh, we do get huge boosts whenever someone discovers the channel because, you know, they go through and, like, which if they like appreciate. what they hear, they, they download it. I really feel like I need to put, like, a disclaimer on, like, some of the older episodes and be like, these are older episodes. Please give us, like... Yeah, you can always do that, fill that in. They don't need to hear about... Of, like, 
this is us like first time recording like i'm sure the people understand that but like i mean the people listening right now don't need to hear about all that i don't think no probably not um, so I don't think we're going to get to questions tonight because we've started rambling. Again. Oh yeah, we we hit high ramble on this episode. So I sorry. Mean, I, I enjoy high ramble even if it means we only get through two sessions. But I think that it'll get less rambly as that I don't require Google to uh, get you through to get me, to get me through, stuff. Yeah, to get me through stuff because I know what I'm talking about for my own fucking campaign. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, as always, remember to hit our, hit those like buttons if you liked it, subscribe to us, tell your friends, tell your family. As always, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, as always, like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're going to probably start posting pictures and weird memes about, you know what would be really good to do over the night? Assemble a quotes of the night thing and then post it the next day. We'll figure it out. We'll figure stuff we'll figure out. Figure it out. Uh, but yeah, no, we've got half a notebook more to go through, and then we'll be done with this. And I've been rolling over some good ideas that I'm going to talk to oh, Christina no. about <laughs> off camera. We'll figure some stuff out for after we're done with the campaign. All right, guys. So uh, for Paradise Lost Podcasting Channel, I've been Brendan. I've been Christina. And always remember to let the good dice roll.